When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Welcome to the NBA Daily Ding on the Athletic NBA Show. Ding, ding. How about we can just watch basketball? I like that idea. Good morning and welcome to the Daily Ding here on the Athletic NBA Show. I'm Jared Weiss. I am joined by my man Law Murray, our Clippers writer here at the Athletic Law. We had an absolutely insane game or series of games, slate of games, entire league of games here in our first night back from All-Star break. Well, you're the one in Indiana. I have not done any game coverage since the weekend, so why don't you tip off? what actually happened. How did the game even get in the overtime there at the Fieldhouse in Indiana? Yeah, so the Celtics end up beating the Pacers 142 to 138. I'm actually recording from Baker's Life right now. And this game was, you know, the Celtics, they had a really clean first half. It was the first time they've had their starting five in forever, actually fully healthy. And they were up by double digits for really most of the second quarter. And then right away after halftime, Tyrese Halliburton is just torching them. Miles Turner is just could not miss a shot. He ended up with career high 40 points or tying career high. He went eight for 10 from three. He was phenomenal in this game. But like the Celtics just, just completely shut the bed right away. And this was a tight game all the way down to the wire. And Jason Tatum was horrible shooting the ball. He said he said that uh, he either left his uh, shot back in Utah or that he was still drunk from vacation. He wasn't <laughs> sure which one. But it, it ends with, the, at the very end there, uh, Jalen Brown throwing away a, a, like a fast break pass that should have gotten them the leading bucket at the end of regulation. And they like just kind of squeaked it out in overtime, even though Halliburton was really clicking. But like this was... One of those games with the Pacers who, you know, could have been tanking. They showed that they could really be fighting for a playoff spot. Hey, I will say this about the Celtics. That's a tough, that's a tough win. I mean, to give up a career, another career game. I feel like Miles has had a lot of nice games this season. Uh, To give up eight threes to Turner, 22 threes overall on the road. And to see the Celtics score 60 in the paint, that's not Normally, how the Celtics have won games this year. So, even right down to Tatum's game ceiling tipping, um, that 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 was a tough performance. Obviously, it's not what you want to do to be sustainable. Um, you know, over the course of the post break period, but pretty impressive that the Celtics were able to survive that that uh, offensive onslaught, a, a shootout to begin the post All Star break period. Yeah, I mean, uh, very on-brand Tatum performance here where he goes 9 for 25 and wins the game with a putback off his air, all, own air ball. Uh, there were several air balls in this one. It was bizarre. Uh, but we're going to have to move on because there were too many good games. Let's go over too to many, Philly man. and Memphis. Philly wins 110 to 105. Joel Embiid at 27 points, got to the line 17 times, 19 boards, 6 assists, and 6 blocks. That was wild. And James Harden at 31 points. But, like, this was a game that Memphis should have won. 
They should have won because they had control early and so many guys had off nights for the Sixers. I mean, Embiid took 25 shots to get those 27 points, even with the high free throw count. I mean, it was a real struggle for him physically. You could tell uh, D'Anthony Melton, this was supposed to be a revenge game for him. He had 5,000 no points. And the Sixers already start a guy in P.J. Tucker who doesn't really score. So to have two guys not scoring, to have your best player really struggling, to have your only score off the bench and Tyrese Maxey need 18 shots to get his 16 points, where where the heck was Memphis going to blow this? But the Grizzlies have been really bad on national TV uh, lately. This loss drops them to 5-8, and eight, I believe, on ESPN TNT games. And the culprit was bad shooting. Uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. was 5-16 overall. John Morant, 3-16 overall. Desmond Bain got off to a great start in the first quarter. Didn't really build off of that. And Memphis missed 25 of 32 threes. They missed all but one of their threes after halftime. And just a great job by James Harden, Tobias Harris, and Embiid, even with the struggles from the field, he got to the line consistently. Uh, so just a just a really solid job by the Sixers just playing that thing out. But if you're the Grizzlies, you got to be doing a little bit of soul searching right now because it's the biggest games. And teams are looking at the Grizzlies and they know how much crap that they talk. And the Grizzlies are getting teams best shots when the lights are the brightest. And I'm not sure they handle it that well. All right. We got to get to another big game at the top of the league. Denver goes into Cleveland and comes out with a 115 to 109 win. Obviously, Jokic had a 20 point triple double. Did I even need to tell you that? Michael Porter Jr. shot lights out. This is another game where, you know, Evan Mobley, who was great, he had 31 points. Cleveland was in control for a lot of the second half. And then Denver just turned it on in crunch time. Yeah, it's another game, man. Who's shooting it well? Cleveland made six threes as a team. Porter made six threes by himself. That was it. Oh, that was literally it. Okay. Is that civil? I mean, there's a little bit of Jokic like dominating in the post at the very end there to kind of turn uh, Cleveland inside out to get Porter the wide open three. Um, did, did I mean, like, did Cleveland's offense really even work at the end of this one? I mean, there was Darius Garland had that nice little Nash attack, I guess, uh, with like two and a half minutes left. But like, this was this was one of those games where like you you kind of assume that Cleveland has the horses, you know, has like the, the guards to be able to create and score at the very end. It just didn't happen for them. Yeah, especially at the end because Cleveland down by two after Garland makes his layup with two thirty eight left, and they never scored again. With the Utah Jazz, another big play-in matchup against the Thunder. They won 120-119, to 119, and this came down to huge plays from Laurie Market, and he got fouled at the very end in overtime to hit those free throws. And also Walker Kessler with a massive defensive play at the end of regulation. Walker Kessler also began this game with his first career three-pointer. It was in the left corner. I, I just came back from Salt Lake City, Utah, and the skills challenge is the most forgettable thing in that weekend, but I do remember he hit a three in that corner to help the Utah Jazz trio get the skills challenge championship. So those that three-pointer was just as important as Kessler's block at the end of regulation. I just want to point that out. Yeah, Kessler, he had seven points, including the putback that got them to overtime, seven blocks in 18 rebounds. And then Laurie Markkinen, coming off his all-star start, he had 43 points and 10 boards. Yeah, and I, the Thunder, man, they, they're they 
they're having a really nice season considering expectations. But this is the seventh time that they could have won a game since they last were over 500 to get back to 500 and the seventh time that they failed to win. So they are once again two games under 500. I, I believe the Thunder will get to 500 before the season is over, though. I want to see that happen. And you know, Shea, he he did his best to make it happen. He had 39 seven times, got to the line 19 times. He had that really tough shot at the end at the buzzer that kind of like rattled just out, but looked like it could have gone down. I mean, you've seen I feel like we've seen that so many times this year. Like you turn on Sports Center or you turn on a highlight video, and it's just a clip of Shea taking a shot at the end of the game to try to win it and missing and him just walking off frustrated. And it's to say, like, he gets some in these games and takes that last shot so many times. I've seen him hit that shot so many times. So I'm I'm sure the Utah Jazz were surprised that that didn't go for him. By the way, Chris Dunn played in this game, man. 17 minutes for Chris Dunn. Shout out to Chris Dunn coming back. Yeah, Chris Dunn back in the league and he gets 17 minutes. That's that's phenomenal. And played well. And played well. Okay, so someone did actually hit a game winner, and it was our man, Wendell Carter Jr. I don't think he even had goggles on for this one, if I'm not mistaken. He had no goggles on for this one, and it was against Detroit. The Magic got a tie ball game, and Paulo Bencaro gets a really weird inbound pass from Markel Fultz. Tries to score through everybody, just misses a layup, and in comes Wendell Carter to just tap it in. The Magic, they finally get a win. They're 24 and 35. They're probably not going to hit 500, but at least they're making Magic happen. Yeah, I mean, I think the East is going to be a little bit tougher um, when you consider the bottom of the play-in. Like, the Magic are in the same place in the East as the Lakers are in the West. Obviously, the Lakers have a lot more to play for right now, but... Uh, Orlando's going to be tough for these teams in the post all-star break period. If they think that they're an easy out, like it's, it's not going to work like that. The magic are a much more balanced team, not that they have healthy guards to go along with all those bigs. Speaking of the Lakers, they beat the Warriors 124 to 111. And, uh, LeBron James was not the leading scorer in this game. It was not Anthony Davis. It was not Austin Reeves. It was second. It was Malik Belisi. Ugh, Malik Beasley, but believe me, it was Malik Beasley. Malik's three-point shooting is going to be huge for the Lakers. I mean, this is a Lakers team. They had Russell Westbrook, Patrick Beverly, and Kendrick Nunn playing at the same time <laughs> in certain lineups. And Beasley's three-point shooting made up for the fact that AD only took five shots from the field total. LeBron only made five shots out of 20. And D'Angelo Russell was done. Um, after the first quarter due to an ankle sprain. Uh, Beasley really broke out in this game. The Warriors' defense is really sad. And the Lakers, they're just a much more balanced team. Uh, they, Who knows if they can get themselves into the play and they got multiple teams to hop just to get to 10. But they're certainly a much more balanced roster. And as for the Warriors, I, don't, I feel like nothing matters to them until Steph comes back. All right, well, Steph will have to come back soon, and you're going to have to turn off this podcast because we're done with it. For Law Murray, I'm Jared Weiss. Danielle Lehman is our producer. We'll see you next week on The Dick. Dick, Dick.